You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Well, it seems that catchphrase culture has morphed into meme culture, and we fully invested in meme culture at this point. And there's a few that really have struck me recently preparing for the uh, the sermon for this week. Um, thinking about how it's a new day, and there's some great catchphrases or quotes. or just, I just got these from memes that I found. Um, like, it's a new day. It's a fresh start, fresh energy, new opportunities. Get your mind right. Be thankful and be positive. When I think of a new day, I think of that. And then there's also like the word grind, which can stand for get ready. It's a new day. G-R-I-N-D. Get ready. It's a new day. So wake up feeling the excitement of a new day and its opportunities. And, and then, uh, you know, you could also you could also say, you know, it's never too late to start over. <laughs> if you weren't happy with yesterday, try something different today. Don't stay stuck. Do do better. And so those are, those are great. But then there's one that really strikes me. It says it's a new day and I'm off like a herd of turtles. And maybe you have a day like that, right? Or days like that or weeks or even months or even maybe this is a year that's been like, like it's a new year. We're, we're still kind of in the funk of 2020 <laughs> and it's, we're, we're almost halfway through 2021. We're here in the middle of April and we still are, maybe some of us are feeling like, I'm just, I'm basically, I'm, I'm, I'm off to a running start, like a herd of turtles. Do you, do you tend to see a new day as a new opportunity or as a repeat of yesterday? So, so we're doing this series, digging into these one chapter books of the new Testament and actually just like short, short letters of the new Testament. They weren't actually originally written as books. Um, and unfortunately these tend to get overlooked. So we're calling this series one hit wonders, of the New Testament. And so today we're in 3rd John, which is great. We spent a whole like 5 weeks going through chapter by chapter this ancient letter called 1st John, and then last week we went to 2nd John, which is a a one chapter book or a very brief letter that we find in the New Testament. And so today we're in 3rd John. So this is uh written by John, the disciple of Jesus, written in the late early 80s or late 80s or early 90s AD. So this is, you know, 50 years or so after the the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. Um, A letter personally, it's a personal letter written to a close friend of John's. Um, It's reminding us how so much of the New Testament began with letters written to specific people. And so this is written to this very specific person named Gaius, and we'll get into uh, that person um, in just a minute. But it's also got so much in it that's a very short letter for us. And so we want to take some time today and see what does God have for us in this letter called 3 John. Let's read it. This letter is from John the Elder. I'm writing to Gaius, my dear friend, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, I hope all is well with you and that you are healthy in, in body as you are strong in spirit. Some of the traveling teachers recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness and that you are living according to the truth. I could have no greater joy than to hear that my children are following the truth. Dear friend, you are being faithful to God when you care for the traveling teachers who pass through, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church here of your loving friendship. Please continue to 
uh, continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God, for they are traveling for the Lord, and they accept nothing from people who are not believers. So we ourselves should support them so that we can be their partners as they teach the truth. I wrote to the church about this, but Diotrephes, who loves to be the leader, refuses to have anything to do with us. When I come, I will report some of the things he is doing and the evil accusations he's making against us. Not only does he refuse to welcome the traveling teachers, he also tells others not to help them. And when they do help them, he puts them out of the church. Dear friend, don't let this bad example influence you. Follow only what is good. Remember that those who do good prove that they are God's children, and those who do evil prove they do not know God. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius, as does the truth itself. We ourselves can say the same for him, and and you know we speak the truth. I have much more to say to you, but, but I don't want to write it with pen and ink, for I hope to see you soon. And then we will talk face to face. Peace be with you. Your friends here send you their greetings. Please give my personal greetings to each of our friends there. So in this very brief personal letter that we find here in the New Testament, one of these one-hit wonders of the New Testament, we find this big idea for us today. Every new day is a new opportunity to be light, be love, and become more like Jesus. Every new day is a new opportunity to be light, to be love, and to become more like Jesus. So, so to building on that big idea, let's spend some time thinking about this new day. And this new day, it begins with a new identity. A new identity. There was a man I heard this, this story about, and he wanted to become a monk. And so he went to the monastery to become a monk. And they said, okay, you will be allowed um, two words every three years. You have to have a vow of silence for as long as we say to, to determine whether you are able to become a monk. And every three years, you will be allowed two words. You'll go about your duties. You'll go about your days. You'll go about everything you have to do to become a monk. But you're only allowed two words every three years. So the first three years goes by. And they said, you have made it three years. What do you have to say? He said, food cold. Food cold. So he goes about his business, and then he keeps going. Another three years go by. He's been there six years, and they bring him in, and they say, You have done well for six years now. What do you have to say? And he says, Bed hard. And he, they say, That's, This is okay. We, we've, you're doing well. You're doing well. And he goes about his business for, the, for another three years. And they bring him. He's been there nine years. He said four words in nine years. And they bring him in, and he said, you've now completed another three years. You're now nine years into the training to become a monk. What do you have to say? He said, I quit. And the the head monk said, well, I'm not surprised. You've been complaining since you got here. <laughs> he got this, this identity of being a complainer just by saying food cold and bed hard. It has to do with attitude, right? So, so what does your attitude reveal about your identity? We don't know much about this Gaius, except that, that John writes that he is a good friend, and he's a leader in the church that John's writing to. Verse 3, he says, Some of the traveling teachers about Jesus recently returned and made me very happy by telling me about your faithfulness, and you are living according to the truth. So Gaius was living out his identity, a follower of Jesus. The attitude his new identity reveals is one who practiced what he preached. When your identity is in Christ, you practice what you preach. 
and this is not just about preachers, <laughs> but everyone who would identify themselves with Jesus, everyone who would use this, this, this label for themselves and say, I am a Christian, I am a follower of Christ. If your identity is in Christ, you practice what you preach. Gaius was, was faithful to the truth of God's word. He walked in that truth. So, so Gaius had a humble attitude of a servant. But, but another church leader listed here in this letter, his name is Diotrephes. And Diotrephes seems to have been filled with pride. John, John writes about him, says Diotrephes loves to be the leader. And then describes someone who certainly does not have the attitude of someone whose identity is with Jesus, but a self-serving attitude. So a person filled with pride tends to look down on others. They, ha they have a sense of superiority about them. This is the attitude of the old identity of self, in, in which prideful people constantly look for, for what they can find wrong with others instead of what is right. The part of our identity has, ha it has to do with the way we think. This part of our identity, our attitude, has to do with the way we think. Your, your thinking does affect your actions and your outlook on life. How you think determines your attitude and reveals your true identity. Elsewhere in the scriptures, Philippians 4.8 says, Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right. Think about things that are pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So, so Gaius had a teachable attitude and lived out a positive servant lifestyle. <clears throat> he was an example of hospitality, and he served others. Diotrephes had a negative outlook on life, and he had no respect for John, obviously, by what John says in his letter. It's, it's like he just ripped up the letters John had written to the church. And he spoke against John, and he refused hospitality to these traveling preachers. So, so a new day begins with a new identity and, and brings about a new level of involvement. We had uh, a few weeks ago Easter, you know, an Easter Sunday, and it was a four-day break kind of for everybody. You know, the kids were out of school on Friday and on Monday. Um, Shelly was off of work on Friday and Monday. I guess I'm the only one that's, you know, full-on working <laughs> regardless, but that's besides the point. And, uh, and so there were some projects that took place. You know, there was uh, Jericho, one of our kids, his room had to be re was didn't have to be, but it was on on plan to 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 repaint and redecorate his room. So, painting and redecorating Jericho's room, also uh, paint painting and and uh, getting our deck taken care of was on there. Plus, I I it was planting the garden. It's the weekend I sat there to, to set aside there to to plant the garden, and we have a pretty good sized garden here. Plus, daily life and laundry to do and all these things. So everyone had to get involved at some level. Everyone had to get involved at some level of this, you know, to, in order to make this happen. The mission of the household gets accomplished when every member of the household gets involved. This is the way the mission of Jesus gets accomplished, when each one of us gets involved. What, what are the benefits of personal involvement? That's what we're looking for. Right? What are the benefits of this? Well, what are these? Well, let's look at this new level of involvement. Gaius gave his time to building up the body of Christ. Diotrephes spent his energy in tearing down the body of Christ. And both of these guys had the same ability that each of us do to choose what our level of involvement will be. And as, as with identity, your involvement depends a lot on your attitude. Will you be a Gaius or will you be a Diotrephes? Here's, here's the comparison. You can be positive or negative. You get to choose what level 
of, of involvement are, and you get to choose your attitude. Will you, will your attitude be positive or negative? Now, I get it. Some of us are, are more prone to positivity, and some of us are more prone to negativity. That's just our personalities. And I have learned one thing in, in these many years that I have lived is like I can't expect everybody to be as positive as me. People that, that, that are negative about just about everything, it baffles my mind. But I also have come to realize that the fact that I am positive about just about everything baffles other people's minds. Like, I can't believe anybody sees this much silver lining in, in every cloud. Um, but it's your attitude. You can choose. Is it positive? Or, or am I going to be a positive person or am I going to be a negative person? Your attitude can also be healthy or unhealthy. Healthy or unhealthy. You can choose, am I going to dwell on things that are going to be, you know, you know they say, uh, stick in your crawl. That's one of those those catchphrases, one of those old sayings that you hear. It means that you've got something that's kind of like sitting in your gut and you can't get rid of it. It, it happens. It happens when you hold a grudge. It happens when you just hold on to something that's happened in the past. And, and you, can, you can choose to stay there and have an unhealthy attitude. So that's the comparison. Gaius had a healthy attitude. Diotrephes had an unhealthy attitude. You get to choose. Also, your attitude can be unity or disunity. There's really, it's hard to find a middle ground today in today's culture, right? Like, I want to be about unity, but I also want to, like, not support all this, this, and this. And you start making your own list, and everybody's got their own list. And it's like, well, you know what? You get to choose your attitude. Gaius was a, had an attitude of unity. He welcomed these traveling teachers, these traveling preachers who were coming in. He, he showed them hospitality because of there was a sense of unity, an attitude of unity about him. Diotrephes, on the other hand, like didn't even he refused to bring them in, and even would put people out of the church if they brought them in. He had an attitude of disunity, and we could, we had the same. We have the same choices with our attitude. And the attitude choice is yours. Attitude reveals your true identity, and it's revealed in how you get involved with others. So Jesus' attitude is one of unity and involvement. He had a servant attitude. Jesus humbled himself. He, he served others and encouraged others to lead. Gaius certainly appeared to have the attitude of Christ, while Diotrephes, well, appears, has the, has the opposite. You choose to build up. And focus on the positive. You have you you get to choose that. If you're always focusing on faults, if you're looking for faults in others, if you're looking for faults in yourself, you're gonna find them. If you it's when you're always looking for fault, you're creating a negative atmosphere. So what can be done to restore involvement and unity? Break the negative nitpicking cycle you're in by speaking uplifting words of affirmation to others, about others, to yourself, about yourself. John writes to Gaius, I hope you are as healthy in body as you are in spirit. See, see, Jesus came to help us cultivate healthy lives with healthy attitudes. Jesus came to heal sick lives and sick attitudes. And John praised Gaius for his unity, for his unity building efforts in the church. And he encouraged him to not follow the example of Diotrephes. When you give Jesus the first place in your life, you don't allow differences with other people to block your view of God. You don't allow differences with other people to become a stumbling block to your faith because you've give, you're you giving Jesus the first place. You spend your energy in building others up. You, you eliminate from your language any unwholesome talk as you speak to others or about others. Ephesians 4.29 says, 
for us, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. A lot of times that verse has been quoted to, to talk about uh, what we would say vulgar language or cussing. And it's really about using those words to build people up instead of tearing them down. Unwholesome talk is the kind of talk that is negative and tears others down. Now, a new day begins with a new identity, and it brings out a new level of involvement. And here's the result. It, uh, this new day that we step into, that we are stepping into even in this moment, it results in a new sense of in- integrity. It results in a new sense of integrity. Integrity is one of the most important aspects of anyone's personality. Integrity is the quality of being honest. It's a state of being. Integrity is the state of being whole and undivided. Why is a, a person of integrity? Why is being a person of integrity so important? Well, John instructs Gaius instructs us, even if we're reading this, to have a teachable attitude based on our new identity as a Christ follower, to have an attitude of involvement and and unity which builds others up. And now, verse 12, John mentions a third church leader. Everyone speaks highly of Demetrius. He does the, he, he, as does the truth itself. We can say the same thing about him, and you know we speak the truth. So here's a good way to think of these three men, okay? Gaius is a true friend. Diotrephes, a true faker. <laughs> Think about that, being a true faker. <laughs> and Demetrius is pictured here as a true follower. And Gaius is urged to copy his lifestyle because he proves the reality of his walk with Christ. Demetrius is an example of integrity to be followed. We want to be examples of integrity that others could follow. Now, John gave Demetrius a great compliment by saying he's a man of truth and you must you must trust what he says. That's a huge compliment. It was an ancient proverb and it's found in in uh, Proverbs eleven three. It says the integrity of the honest keeps them on track. The deviousness of crooks brings them to ruin. So we want to have the integrity that keeps us on track. So the results of integrity are uh, clear conscience and inner peace. To have a clear conscience, man, when, you're, when your mind is, isn't conflicted and worried, oh, the, the, will they find out? Will they find out? You'll be so much healthier. You'll rest better. Your appetite is right. You, you're not constantly craving comfort food to ease your mental and, and emotional stress. When your conscience is clear, you find rest and focus. That's the result of integrity and inner peace. And integrity, and integrity is an undivided heart. You could you could define it that way. An undivided heart finds peace because it's whole. This is one of the, the greatest benefits of this new identity in Christ Jesus. Christ comes to give you a clear conscience and inner peace. A new day begins with a new identity and brings out a new level of involvement and results in a new sense of integrity. And every new day is an opportunity to be light, be love, and become more like Jesus. So take this next step. Each day this week, say something positive in every conversation you have. Do it. Make it, make it. make a note of it. Make it your intention. Begin your day. Write yourself a sticky note and put it beside your bed or on your alarm clock or on your, your mirror where you brush your teeth. Or uh, you know, Each day this week, take this next step. Say something positive in every conversation you have. And here's another one. Here's a biggie. Post only positive things on social media. 
you, you choose your words. You choose what you post. Why not choose words of unity that build others up? Watch how others begin to respond. Lord, Lord, we're, we were walking into a new day. A new day where you are creating us anew for this day. Every day is fresh. Every day is new. And you, you recreate us in every day, Lord. And as you do so, Lord, help us to let go of the things that are in the past and let go of the things that happened yesterday and last week and last year and last decade and step into what is possible today and tomorrow as we walk forward into this new day, Lord. We know that there are opportunities that you provide for us to be love and be light and to become more like Jesus in every single moment. And so, Lord, as we step into these, the, the, these opportunities, Lord, Help us bring it to our mind. Lord, I'm asking you in prayer to remind me, to remind us to say something positive in every conversation we have this week. To, to, to really think about things that we post on social media and post things that, that would affect others positively with that intention as we post it. And we do this, Lord. To become more like you. We do this because you are bringing us into this, this new day, day by day. And as we journey and as we walk, Lord, we want to be people who have the attitude of Christ. We want to be people who have an involvement in others that brings about unity. So, Lord, we, we ask you to guide us in this. We thank you that you are very willing and able to guide us into this. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.